Frequency Cast. Startup in progress. Hi, and welcome to Frequency Cast, the UK's digital TV and technology show. At Frequency Cast, it's our mission to keep you up to date with today's tech, answer your questions, and keep you entertained along the way. Our shows are driven by your feedback. You decide what we talk about, and we'll do the rest. Here's what we'll be looking at today in show 109. Voice recognition, friend or foe. A new pebble is on the way. Preparing for a dunked phone. Windows and Wi-Fi on the move. Plus 5G, internet TV and power line. First off, here's Pete with the latest TV and tech news. Frequency cast, now loading, news. The headlines for March 2015, starting off with a warning for TalkTalk customers. They're the latest company to be the victim of a security breach that has resulted in confidential data ending up in the hands of fraudsters. TalkTalk has warned its customers to be on the lookout for scammers pretending to be from TalkTalk and selling unnecessary software. The scammers are armed with genuine customer data, making the calls seem plausible. Be on your guard. Next, Virgin Media has announced plans to expand its fibre network to 4 million more homes in the UK over the next five years, at a cost of £3 billion. For years, the cable network has hardly expanded, frustrating those looking to get the impressive 150 meg service. And finally, it seems that more of the UK will soon be able to plug in to a Virgin connection. Next, with so many of us watching TV online and via catch-up, many were hoping to see an end to the £145.50 TV licence. However, last month MPs voted to retain the licence for the next decade. Germany has adopted a system that adds a broadcast levy to households, which appears to be the way the UK will go, but just not for some time. Comments? Let us know. Next, do you listen to music for more than an hour a day? If so, stop. In February, the World Health Organization said that audio players, as well as concerts and bars, pose a serious threat to our hearing, suggesting a 60-minute-per-day limit. If you're listening to us on a media player now, knock it down a notch, as we're half of your daily listening allowance. Next, wherever there is danger, he'll be there. Danger Mouse is the next TV icon set for a 21st-century reboot. A new series is in the pipeline and becomes the latest acquisition by streaming firm Netflix. Come on, Penfold. They'll be wondering what's happened to you. Won't be a minute, DM. I want to look my best for my fans. Fans. (laughs) Whilst other countries will only be able to enjoy the antics of the crime-fighting mouse online, the new look Danger Mouse and Penfold will be free to air in the UK on CBBC. Next, the upcoming release of iOS is set to include 300 new emoji images, little cartoon icons that you can use when messaging. Some of the faces representing ethnic diversity have already caused some controversy, with some suggesting the yellow skin tones could be regarded as racist, even though yellow has been regarded for years as a neutral colour on smileys and instant messaging. Of course, it's also the colour of the inhabitants of Springfield. Is this another excuse to bash Apple or an un-PC move on their part? See the pics on our site and you decide. And finally, a fond farewell from all of us here at FrequencyCast to Leonard Nimoy. A tweet from the ISS showing an astronaut making the Vulcan salute was a fitting tribute to the sci-fi legend who lived long and prospered. 
Thanks, Pete. For more TV and tech news, go to frequencycast.co.uk forward slash news or follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Frequency Cast, now loading. Focus. Hello, Kelly. Hi, Pete. How are you doing today? I'm good. It feels like I haven't seen you in ages. Well, last time we weren't sitting here in the studio, were we? We were at uh, the Toy Fair, which was good fun. I know, it was. Played with lots of toys, lots of board games, all sorts of things. It's great. Yep, and so many massive characters. Can I just say, I do like your earrings. They're very nice. I've not noticed those before. Are they new? Yeah, they are. Well, Christmas present. Do you know what? It looks like the RSGB logo. Oh, God, of course you'd come up with that. (laughs) Anyway, we're not here to talk about your earrings. We're going to talk about voice recognition Oh, I have so many issues with this. Oh, go on then. Give me a few. Well, it's the Essex accent that causes me problems. And the Scottish accent as well. There's a very funny sketch. You must dig it out at some point with Scottish people stuck in a voice recognition lift. Voice recognition technology in a lift in Scotland. You ever tried voice recognition technology? No. They don't do Scottish accents. Eleven. Could you please repeat that? Eleven. Eleven. Could you please repeat that? You need to try an American accent. Eleven. <laughs> Eleven. That sounds Irish, you know, American. What, doesn't it? Try an English accent, right? Eleven. <laughs> Eleven. You for the same part of England as Dick Van Dyke? But uh, it doesn't get Essex then. No, not... Re- well, when it first kind of came out in cars, it definitely didn't. It used to be like, play track ten. Playing track six. It's come on a bit. Do you use anything on your phone? I know you've got both an Android and an iPhone. Do you use any of the um, the, the stuff on that? No, only if I become massively desperate at one point. Do you know, I'm finding it really, really useful these days. When Siri came out, first of all, useless. But now it's actually pretty good. Do me a favour, chuck, uh, chuck my smartphone over. Excellent. So you can do things like this. Here we go, wait for this. Remind me at 4.20pm to tell Kelly she's great. Here's your reminder for tomorrow at 16.20. See, that's actually not bad, is it? No, okay, I'll give you that. That's not bad. And to be honest, the amount of times people forget to put things in diaries, that's actually quite good. And we'll see if you actually remember to tell me I'm great tomorrow. Well, yeah, okay, fair point. But it is very handy, especially if you're driving. One tap of the button and you can do... Send a text message to Kelly saying, I like your earrings. Ready to send it? Send. Done. See, that's actually quite good if you're driving. A nice way of doing it. Oh, I don't know. I think I'd just rather do it myself. No, I don't know. Have you got a text message yet? Yeah, I've just got the message. What, of course, is quite funny is there's there's plenty of silly messages that you can do as well. Now, these have been around for a while, but there's a few new ones. We actually looked on the uh, Macworld website at some of the clever things you can get Siri to say. Now, you did have a quick look down this list earlier. Any of these take your fancy? Mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's the fairest of them all? Snow White, is that you? Near enough. Yeah, this is one of my favourites. Let's try this one. I'm naked. Really, Pete? I think you need to get out more. <laughs> well, that's true. At least she knows you. Uh, try that one, Kelly. Talk dirty to me. I'm not that kind of personal assistant. I can't believe you made me do that. Even I feel ashamed. Beam me up, Scotty. Sorry, Captain. Your tricorder is in airplane mode. This one's my favourite, though, Kelly. How many Apple Store geniuses does it take to screw in a light bulb? A 
5,000, one to screw it in, and 999 to blog about it. Oh, funny. How many calories in an apple? Let me check that. The answer is about 91 dietary calories. Clever? Yeah, I guess so. So, yeah, Siri, it's actually quite useful. I'm kind of getting into it a bit now. But anyway, we're not really here to talk about all this stuff, especially as you don't use it. So what are we here to talk about? Have you heard the news about Samsung TVs? No. Now, where have you been? You've not been hanging out in all the tech websites, have you? I haven't been hanging out anywhere, if I'm honest. The story is this. There's a new type of TV Samsung has got. And the idea is it's got voice recognition in it. So you can say to your TV, switch over to Sky One or record this program. Okay, that's cool. Which I think is brilliant. You know, saves faffing about with a remote control. You could just talk to your TV. Nice. However, some clever spark has noticed on their website there is a disclaimer in the terms and conditions for using one of these Samsung smart TVs. Now, in your best formal voice, in your BBC voice, please, could you read this, which is from their terms and conditions? Please be aware that if your spoken words include personal or other sensitive information, that information will be among data captured and transmitted to a third party through your use of voice recognition. Very, very good. So what does that mean? So basically, all of the information that we're using is passed on to third parties for, I guess, more sales and marketing and whatever else. What it actually means is your TV is sitting there listening to everything you say and sending it over the internet to a third party. So if you're on the phone giving out your credit card details, any intimate thoughts you're passing on to your fellow podcasters, any of that stuff will be transmitted and shared over the internet. I don't like that at all, if I'm honest. I, it makes me quite nervous. And I mean, I guess at some point that means that all of our advertisements will be very easily synced up and no you know what i'm like about things and privacy and uh, that does not make me comfortable in any way shape or form i thought you'd say that and of course the interesting thing is the reason it's sending it over the internet to a third party is devices like that aren't clever enough to do all the voice recognition locally it's got to send it off to some big server somewhere that does the uh, conversion so uh, that's why it's doing it uh, and it is all meant to be encrypted and secure but it's just the idea of your tv listening and sending everything over the internet that's just that little bit weird yeah i really don't like it at all if i'm honest but i do like voice recognition generally and it's got quite a lot of uses uh, for one thing the virtual assistant so the, the likes of siri that we've talked about there's also uh, dictation services now i use dragon dictate which is a great little program so if i've got a lot of text to type up i can just speak it and the computer will recognize it for me have you used any of that kind of stuff no, I, I really haven't used voice recognition very much. I think the only times I've I've done it with, is with hands-free in the car and I've really needed to call someone. Past that point, I'm quite happy to do it myself. Of course, the good thing is it's still not perfect, which is why we're still using the services of the lovely Typing Angels to do our transcription service. Of course. Of course, the other really important use is what we've all seen in Star Trek and all the sci-fi films where you've got the universal translator. So you speak into it in English and it automatically converts and speaks out a different language. Yeah, I mean, I can see there being a lot of use for that. And you'd get so much pickup from businesses that are dealing with different clients overseas. And I can understand that that would work quite nicely. And I've got one of those amazing life coincidences to tell you about. 
Go on then. Well, I've been playing with an app called iVoice, which basically lets you speak into it in English and it will translate it into a foreign language. This app, you speak to it and you give it a sentence and it will then send it over the internet, convert it and send it back again. By sheer coincidence, I was in a coffee shop. Not that I've ever gone to coffee shops before. <laughs> no, you never linger around those. Well, this time I wasn't chatting up the staff. I was actually chatting to a customer who is from Kiev. Okay. And we got talking about voice recognition and the technology, and she was brave enough to let me interview her. Здравствуйте. Hello. Very, very good. And your name, please. I can't pronounce it. Aksana. Aksana. And uh, you're from uh, Russia. Whereabouts in Russia? Kiev. Kiev. Ah, uh-huh. the little uh, the breadcrumb things. The chicken Kiev. This is the one. Chicken Kiev. Yes, chicken Kiev. Excellent. So that's where you come from, the land of chicken Kiev. Kurisa <laughs> Pakiski. Now, this is really embarrassing because I've captured you. You're sitting here on your Apple device doing something, talking in Russian, and I've managed to get you to try a little application called iVoice, which does speech conversion. And how good has it been at translating, do you think? It's very interesting because sometimes you think that it will come up with something different, but then you realize that it actually matches exactly to the translation of how you want it to be. So it's exciting. And what about the idea of the um, the universal translator that we get from our science fiction, where anything in any language can be spoken and automatically translated uh, into the other language? It's kind of a, an evolution of what humans are capable of bringing to the next generation. It's, it's, it's a next step from, from where we were before. So we, we had translators and then we had some technological software which uh, gave us a possibility or opportunity to translate word by word. And now we can actually fluently communicate by putting thoughts and sentences and use it as a communication. So it's, it's a very exciting, I think. So if you had the technology that saved you needing to learn English, would you have bothered learning English? I think I would use both because there are good sides about both ways. So talking to human, we can't replace anything that learning by, 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 by communicating with real people, we can't replace that. Yet when we are away somewhere on remote islands or somewhere in a coffee shop and we want to have a little conversation with ourselves, then perhaps with this technology, yes, so it's yes. And of course you need it if the batteries run out. Oh, oh yeah, that's definitely Before you go, I would like a sentence from you in Russian and we'll see if our computer can translate it. So I like listening to technology radio shows. How about that one? So in Russian language, I like listening to technology radio shows uh, would be... Я люблю слушать передачи по научным технологиям. Thank you very much. And uh, до свидания. До свидания. And here's what iVoice came up with. I love to listen to the scientific technology. So there you go. That's why I hang out in coffee shops. Yeah, right. Nice try. Nice try. You got lucky this time. Right, moving on to something new, smartwatches. Now, we keep coming back to these, and you're not a great fan, are you? But the Pebble, which is one of the most popular of these um, smartwatches, sold a million. They're nice little devices, the Pebble watches. And there's a new one on the way, the Pebble Time. Colour screen and 20% thinner with a microphone, so you can actually talk to it as well, which is nice. There's some pictures. Yeah, it looks relatively slick. 
And it's still got this sort of e-ink technology, which means you get a colour screen, but you can still manage to get about a week's worth of battery life out of it, which for a wearable isn't bad. And uh, it's a Kickstarter campaign. The first one was all funded through Kickstarters. Uh, this one, they were after half a million to start the development. The total they've managed to raise so far, 8.8 .8 million. So it's pretty well exceeded its target. 42,000 people have offered to help fund this already. And... Uh, until the end of March, you can help fund one of these watches. When they come out, they're going to be about £130. But they do look rather snazzy, don't they? Yeah, I mean, I'm not a watch person at all. And so therefore, a smartwatch for me is just an unnecessary bit of kit. But that white one in particular, I think, looks quite nice. Anyway, I just thought I'd raise it. The Pebble Time is actually going to be a low-entry... Uh, decent battery life and of course it works with both Android and iOS so uh, could potentially be a, a winner to beat the iWatch when that comes out yeah who knows hi I'm Jason Bradbury from uh, The Gadget Show and you're listening to Frequency Cast now Kelly some people run from the darkness afraid to step into the light yes I thought you were going to get that a theme from Baywatch I did get that I was just waiting for there to be some kind of next comment to be honest Pete <laughs> Well, of course, our listeners won't realise that you used to be a lifeguard. I did, yes, exactly. Hence the reason I was waiting for the derogatory comment. Now, I did ask you to do today's show in your Baywatch costume, but for some reason I got a no. Yeah, I know. Well, also as well, it's not really the weather for it. And the reason we're mentioning this is when you were doing your lifeguarding, you had a bit of a, a, a faux pas with a mobile phone, didn't you? I did, yes. I uh, dived in to save somebody and my phone was in my pocket, so bye-bye phone. We found the perfect solution, one of these mobile phone rescue kits, and we spoke to Frank from AF. It's called the Tech Rescue, and basically what it does, it dries up all the technology, mostly phones, uh, from getting words to completely work in order, 95% success rate. Okay, now I've heard the story here that what you actually need is a bag of rice and an airing cupboard. Is this better than that or about as successful? Roughly about 30 times better. We're using uh, a chemical agents, one of them is silicon gel, and what it does is actually the same gel you use for uh, leather when you buy any bags or uh, shoes, and what it does is actually so powerful in absorbing all the moisture around the environment, which is sealed completely, so that makes it extremely efficient and quick into drying technology. Okay, I noticed you've got two here. You've got one that looks uh, smartphone size and one that looks tablet size, is that right? Yes, we're trying to cover all aspects, all the, uh, any technology thing. It can be from a key, a watch, a remote control for TV, up to a tablet. Excellent, and how easy is it to use? Extremely easy. What you do, you take the phone, if it's a phone, you take the phone off the water, if it's just plain water, just shake it, wipe it, take off the battery, the SIM card, switch it off completely first, and then put it in a bag between 6 and 48 hours, and that should do the job. Now, I can see one problem here, which is if my phone goes in the drink tonight, trying to find a local distributor to get one of these, I'm assuming what you're all about is prevention. You're suggesting you buy one of these, keep it safe at home somewhere so when the inevitable happens you've got the bag handy is that really what it's all about because i'm assuming time matters when your phone's been dunked absolutely you need to put it within half an hour you can do it in three or four or five hours but the longer you stay the longer uh, the water will do damage to the phone 
Kelly, do you think these are worth having, knowing your uh, slightly clumsy nature? Oh, well, no, my clumsy nature, 100%. I think the amount of money it costs you if you don't have insurance, particularly on your products, for £10, keeping one in a cupboard is not going to cause any harm at all. It's not all about insurance for the phone, it's about what the data is inside. So people will pay a lot of money to get that, and 95% is good success rate. Okay, Frank, if someone does want to find one of these and they're looking for their distributors, do you guys have a website? Yeah, we do. It's www.af-net.com. Now, Kelly, are you on the 3G network or the 4G network? I'm on the 4G. And how are you finding it? Hmm, all right. I thought it was going to be a lot better than it is, really. Now, I've got 4G. I've recently switched over to Vodafone. Don't get me started. That wasn't an enjoyable journey. My 4G is not great, but I've now got one of these. Hold your hand out. Okay, so it's a quite heavy little box. Blue screen. What is it? It's an Osprey. Right. You're baffled, aren't you? These are great. Little portable devices that are basically MiFi. We've covered MiFi before, but it is a 4G MiFi. Very cheap, from AE, about 50 quid. And it's heavy because it's got a really large battery in it. So I can get about two or three days out of one of these. And it's very good at getting 4G and 3G. So uh, if you are after 4G and uh, your mobile's a little bit on the flaky side, one of these EE Ospreys, very well worth a look. And uh, if you're interested, we'll put some details up on the website. Oh, yeah, do it. And the website address is... www.frequencycast.co.uk And the reason I mention that is for two reasons. First off, 5G isn't that far away. 5G? What? (laughs) By 2020, we will have 5G running 50 times faster than 4G. And uh, apparently the average 4G connection speed is 15 megabits per second. So uh, 50 times that, you'll be able to download a movie in a matter of seconds over the mobile internet. And they've just managed to achieve a speed of one terabit per second over 5G. How cool. And what bandwidth have they had to go to for this one? Oh, it's pretty extreme, but you can download a movie in three seconds or something daft like that. Okay. Not convinced. Well, I mean, downloading a movie, absolutely wonderful. But then as soon as that gets clogged up, I guess we're going to 6G. I'll let you know. Okay, thanks. Now, the reason I've got the uh, 4G hotspot in here is because uh, of this. Hold your hands out. What have we got there? It's just a little tablet. This is the one we mentioned in the news section of the last show. This is a Windows tablet running Windows 8.1. Got all the Office applications on it. Pretty snazzy. I don't know how much you've uh, you've played around with uh, Windows 8.1, but it is a full Windows 8.1 tablet. Okay, that is like my worst nightmare, I think. Do you know what? I don't like Windows 8.1 either. I forced myself to get into it on a new laptop that came preloaded with it. I'm still not a fan, but it's sort of vaguely getting better. And of course, we've got Windows 10 by the end of the year, which would be nice. Well, as long as it's nothing like Windows 8.1, then that's good. Well, this is the Vista, of course. When we went from XP to Vista, we all hated it. When Windows 7 came out, we were fine. So Windows 10, yeah, may just sort it all out. Okay, well, I'll cross fingers. The reason this is so good is a Windows tablet here. This will run any Windows app that you want. I make use of this for amateur radio where I'm out in the field and I want to be able to run proper Windows applications, not just apps, which is what you normally get on a tablet. And this will pretty much run anything, which is why I love it. What do you think? Fairly fast and responsive? Yeah, very fast. How much do you reckon? 200. 68 pounds. What? 
Not bad, is it? This is a Lynx tablet. It's a bottom-end tablet. It's not, you know, up in the same league as, as some of the uh, the Samsung and the uh, the iPhone things. But a full Windows tablet with a year's worth of Office on it for under seventy quid. Well, you have surprised me, Pete. I thought so, and I've actually really taken to this. I'm actually using this in earnest now. It's pretty good at things like uh, let me just fire Facebook up there. See, it's loaded pretty quickly. You've got the full Facebook experience. Yeah, I've not got to watch some little bar loading up at the top. It's actually not bad. So uh, if you do want a portable, lightweight and fairly cheap tablet, have a look at the link on our website. I know we mentioned it in the last show, but very good. Uh, it doesn't have a SIM in it, which is why I'm connecting to our little 4G block, but very, very impressive. So, uh, Kelly, are you sold? I am, actually. I might even get myself one. You get your hands off mine. Oi, ladies first. Frequency cast. Now loading. Interaction. Interaction time. A few questions and comments coming flooding into us here at Frequency Cast. And we always love to hear from you, don't we? Yes, we do. So get your messages coming in. Uh, the first one we've got is from Steve Munich. Yes, he says, Hi, Kelly and Pete. Just wanted to let you know that I've been a regular listener for a couple of years now and love your show. Keep up the good work. 73 and 88 from McAllen, Texas. NA5C is my ham call sign. And, of course, we love radio amateurs listening in to us. Uh, next, we've got a podline call. Hi, I'm calling from Derby, UK. My name's Jack Fitzgerald, and I was wondering how to connect a 3 Panasonic TV to the internet. I don't know how to do it. Yes, a good question. Some TV sets have an Ethernet connector, so you can connect direct to your router, and others have a USB slot, so you can plug in a Wi-Fi adapter. For those TVs without built-in internet connectivity, consider a solution like Apple TV, the Roku box, the Now TV box, or one of the Android TV boxes and sticks. You can connect these to a spare HDMI port and it will make a Wi-Fi connection to the internet. From there you can watch TV on demand and access various online streaming services like Netflix and Amazon Prime. The next one's from Patrick Marks. He asks... I'm trying to use a pair of BT broadband extenders to enable my Ethernet connection between my router and Skybox, but I'm experiencing serious problems that seem to be as a result of the electrical wiring in the house. Yes, and some houses with old electrical wiring do have problems with these power line adapters. He says, my broadband into the house is measured at 37.5 megabits. However, at a socket in an adjoining room, when measured through an extender, it drops to 22 megabits per second. He then says, when I move the extender flex to a socket close to the skybox, the speed drops to 2.89 megabits. The outcome is that my skybox reports an internet connection, but then reports a fail on the on-demand. Any advice? Hi Patrick, well that's not an uncommon problem with power line adapters, especially with old wiring. First, make sure you're plugged direct into a main socket and not via some kind of four-way extension. Also, surge protectors hinder those adapters. Worth noting too that not all power line adapters are the same. Other makes, those using other frequencies and speeds, can make a difference. Otherwise, the alternative is perhaps to look at Wi-Fi. The next one's from Alison Ward. She says, Hello, I have a TV DVD and have broken the aerial connector in the side of my TV. The TV does not have a SCART lead, so I cannot connect a Freeview box, etc. to get a reception on my TV. Well, Alison, with no aerial or SCART connector, there's not a lot you can do. Just double-check there's no other input, such as a yellow composite video input. Otherwise, a local TV repairer may be able to fix your socket. Failing that, it's probably time for an upgrade. 
Hi also to Samuel Johnson, who's asked for some help getting Wi-Fi to a summer house 60 metres down his garden. A Wi-Fi extender as close as possible may help. Otherwise, if there's mains in the summer house, perhaps look at Powerline. Alternatively, run a long Ethernet cable or consider a Wi-Fi hotspot, like the Osprey we mentioned earlier. Links in our show notes. Next, a message from Brian Levitt. Crikey, this latest frequency car show has just come through at 1am. Is it only me that can't sleep? Brian the butler, an occasional broadcaster. Yes, hello Brian. He correctly spotted that the last show went out just before midnight. It was a bit of a late night. We had a bit of a stop press to the news. So uh, yes, we are prepared to work 24 hours a day for our listeners. And hello, Brian. Hi, Brian. And finally for this show, we heard from Eric Light, who posted up on our Frequency Cast page. Do you remember a couple of shows ago, we were talking about shortwave radio and uh, sending your radio signals across shortwave? I do indeed. Well, we're now going out on shortwave radio as well, as well as our good friend Jim on Chelmsford Calling, and we've been heard around the world. Oh, fantastic. He says, I heard you um, on shortwave 9.395 megahertz here in North America. In the city of Danbury, Eric picked us up over in the US. So we're going out internationally. How cool. Oh, that's so exciting. So if our listeners around the world, or of course here in the good old UK, want to get in touch, you can send us a message or a question and we'll feature it in the next show. You can get in touch with us a number of different ways, can't you, Kelly? You can indeed. You can call us and leave us a voicemail. The number is 0208 133-4567 or you can drop us a text message on the Frequency Cast mobile 07882-043-521 or of course you can send us an email via the contact us button on our site please make sure you do and we'll see you on the next one see you soon Frequency Cast shutdown in progress thanks for listening to today's Frequency Cast For news updates and to get in touch with us, go to frequencycast.co.uk. While you're there, click the Add Us to iTunes button. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Just search for FrequencyCast. Our shows are driven by your feedback, so please get in touch and tell your friends. Frequency Cast.